Ryan Farish is in the Mystic House today talking about his musical career and his new album, Everlasting. It's Mystic Soundscape's second anniversary and we're celebrating with free music and merchandise. Your chance to win is coming up. Pete Havey, welcome to Escapes number 12 for Wednesday, August 16th, 2006. We're doing an extra show for you this month in celebration of the second anniversary of Mystic Soundscapes Internet Radio. Let's kick things off with a new track from composer's Bill McGee. This one's called Fleeting Days. listening to the Escapes podcast, that's a fresh new track from Composure called Fleeting Days from the upcoming project Sundown. You can hear more of Bill McGee's music on Mystic Soundscape's internet radio, plus check out Bill's interview on Escapes show number eight, and listen to more of Composure's music by visiting mp3.com slash William McGee. Time to reveal our top 10 tracks for the past 30 days. These are the tracks that have received the most thumbs up by our listeners from July 15th to August 15th, 2006 on Mystic Soundscapes Internet Radio. In at number 10 is Hammock with birds flying in sequence from their ambient CD Stranded Under Endless Sky. Spirits in Ambience drops in at number 9 with The Pools of Your Eyes from Mementos. Number 8 
from Lydia McCauley's CD Foreign Lander, it's the River Trilogy. The Call of the Wild hits number seven on the charts this time from Nicholas Gunn's CD Through the Great Smoky Mountains. Coming in at number six is Eurydice, featuring Jody Quine from Sleep Thief's debut album The Dawn Seeker. Torchlight Creek's When God Wept is number five this time around. That's from the CD Two Moons. The beautiful sounds of Lisa Lynn's harp rank in at number four with Home from the CD compilation Celtic Christmas 3. In at number three, Kevin Wood's Twilight of Hopes from the CD Sacred. The Kaya Project hits number two with Salam from their CD Elixir. And the number one track for the past 30 days on Mystic Soundscape's internet radio is one called Till the End of Time from the CD Karma by Delirium. Those are our top 10 tracks this time around. Be sure to give your thumbs up or down to the tracks you hear on Mystic Soundscapes or drop us a line at 206-600-6282 and let us know what you think of the music. Also remember to check our website every Monday when we post the top five tracks of the week on mysticsoundscapes.com. After nine long years, Lorena McKennett is back with a new CD. Amethystium announces a new album. John Doan has a new DVD. And David Lons on Trading Spouses? It's all here in the music. Lorena McKennett's highly anticipated new CD will finally be released this fall. It's called An Ancient Muse. This is McKennett's first new studio album since 1997's The Book of Secrets and features a host of musical guests and exotic instrumentation. The music will take the listener on a journey from the Scottish borders to the Silk Road and the wine-dark seas of Homer's Odyssey. Watch Lorena's website for more details as the release date nears quinlanroad.com. Torchlight Creek founding member Ken Hill has released a new CD under the new moniker Soulwire called Rewriting Destiny, a musical journal chronicling the past two years of his life. Read more on soulwire.com and be sure to listen for our next podcast later this month as we talk with Ken Hill about his past, present, and future projects. Amethystium announced a new CD compilation to be released October 10th called Emblem. The album will include two new unreleased tracks and all the tracks on the CD have been remastered. Visit amethystium.com for the details. Harp guitarist John Doan announced he's completing a new DVD called A Celtic Pilgrimage with John Doan, filmed on location in the Celtic Isles. The DVD will feature many locations in which John was inspired to create his award-winning music. Read more at johndoan.com. Hypnotic low whistle player Talbert St. Clair announced that his second CD is in the works. It's called Harvest Moon, The Awakening. You can hear music samples on Talbert's new CD Baby page at cdbaby.com slash cd slash Talbert St. Clair. Ambient atmospheric pioneer Steve Roach's latest project is now available. It's called Immersion 2, a 73-minute long-form soundscape described as a soothing wall of soft sound that thoroughly relaxes and satisfies. More info on Steve's site at steveroach.com. Pianist David Lyons has been getting some TV exposure lately. His music has been used on America's Funniest Home Videos. And in a recent episode of Trading Spouses, the David Lons Collection songbook was featured prominently on the top of a piano. Check David's website for up-to-date news and more at davidlons.com. And last but not least, an update from composer's Bill McGee. This is William McGee with Pete Havey on Mystic Soundscapes Radio, announcing the beginning of my next project, Sundown. You can enjoy two tracks from this CD, The Cosmic Island, and also Fleeting Days on Mystic Soundscapes Live 365 Internet Radio. That's what's happening in the music. Get the latest news from the world of contemporary instrumental music on our website at mysticsoundscapes.com slash music. 
I had the privilege of talking with Ryan Farish on the phone last week. The interview was recorded on August 7th, the day before Ryan's new CD, Everlasting, hit the streets. The phone connection was a little bit crackly, but we had a great time, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Here's our Escapes interview with Ryan Farish. His sound has been described as refreshingly chilled electronic music with an organic and melodic style that uplifts and relaxes the listener. His sophomore CD, From the Sky, hit number three on Billboard's New Age charts a year ago. And his music's also been featured in TV and film and is a staple on the Weather Channel. He's with us today, Ryan Farish. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Pete. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be here. I'm glad you could be here with us, man. You know, I've been reading up on you quite a bit, and I think one of my first questions has to be, do you even have time to breathe these days? Nah. <laughs> You're doing so much. Uh, it's it's exciting uh, right now with what we have going on, and uh, I feel just fortunate to be able to uh, to keep doing this music thing. So uh, I'm gonna ride the wave. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Tell me a little bit about how you first got into uh, music and how it evolved into a career for you. Well, I first started with music when I was four years old. My mom and dad enrolled me in violin lessons, and. It was the Suzuki violin method, and it was really a lot of fun. Um, I took lessons on the violin for about 13 years, I believe, uh, and along that way, uh, picked up the piano and also picked up um, like drums and percussion and uh, started that in like junior high school. I come from a musical family. My mom is a piano teacher. She still teaches today, and so it's always been in the family. Music's always been a big part of what we do, and uh, that's how I got started. It always mm-hmm. helps to have a family that kind of forces it on you, huh? <laughs> yeah. There was I, many times I've thought about it like it's really a good thing that I love music because I really didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you originally started uh, uploading your music, was MP3.com your first venture out into public with your music? Well, yes and no. Um, it was. Kind Kind of the, the way this goes is really interesting. I had uh, started recording uh, my very first record, uh, which was completely self-done, uh, completely done in the home and everything, uh, and it was called In the Day. So like most artists, you know, you go through that process of, you know, you save up your money, you buy, you know, as much equipment as you can to do it, you put it together, and you get your thousand CDs back from the, the CD duplicator, and you're like, okay, now what? Now what do I do with this? Thing. Right. Who's going to even listen to this and how do I get anyone to listen to it? Right at that time, a friend said, just nonchalantly said, is your music on MP3? And I hadn't really looked at it very much and I hadn't really thought about it. And I had no idea at that time how significant that suggestion was about to become. And so I, I checked out the mp3.com website, uploaded my music, and now you're like, okay, now what? Now the songs are on mp3.com, nobody's really listening to them. But as the weeks went on, I watched things happen. Like, okay, all of a sudden now I've had two plays today. And that was tremendously exciting because (laughs) here you have two plays or two downloads from two people from who knows where that you don't know. And that's just tremendously exciting. And then you watch that go from two to four to 10. And what was unique about mp3.com was they had this chart system which categorized all of the music by both subgenres and then the 
Karen genre. And I watched this thing go from, I think it was two or three downloads a day to all of a sudden, at one point in time, we had like 10,000 a day. Wow. Yeah. And that was like, <laughs> whoa. And so that was like how I initially, I guess, got my jump start with uh, being able to really connect with, I guess, what would be or what you would call the uh, the audience for this type of music. It's an exciting genre because my music can be categorized as new age by one person. Some people call it electronic music. But in the end, I think that it's really kind of a, a mixture of a lot of different things. And that's why I really like this style of music because it's kind of territory that isn't, uh, it hasn't been completely defined and it hasn't seen its end yet. It's an exciting place to be. I was going to ask you about that uh, as far as the, the genre or what classification you would put your music into. And I think because New Age itself has, has evolved so much, especially from the efforts of artists like yourself, it's just becoming a whole new monster. And there's yeah. so many different subgenres now that, that, I mean, is there one term that you would put your, your music under? Well, I think, um, I think electronic music is a pretty general, you know, title to give it. And a, a lot of times, too, electronic tends to be more of, like, the dance music or the techno music or that kind of thing. And I think, like, I'm actually calling this thing that I'm doing, I'm calling it Positive Chill Out. Nice. And, and, I, and I like that name because that's kind of what it is. It's something that has a positive uh, emotion to it. It's definitely, like, you know, it's good chill out stuff. And so I'm just kind of calling it that because, like, as you said, like, you know, with new age music, it's, it's kind of turning into its own, it's like evolving into something else. And I think if we look at, like, what new age music was 10 years ago versus what it is today, I mean, it's so evolved. It's so different now that, you know, maybe at some point in time, you know, the industry or whatever will come out with another genre name to give this thing that we're doing. So... Yeah, I would call it positive chill out just yep. because that's the best definition I have for it. It's actually perfect. I think it fits your music very well. <laughs> that should be another genre. I'll tell you, Live 365, that the service we broadcast our station through, actually made a very good effort to, you know, divide all these genres up and add new ones and stuff. So I think, you know, the industry is going in the right direction. But it's like you said, it changes uh, on a year-to-year -year basis and even even more often than that. So, But I think you're, you're on the right path with that. And uh, I love positive chill out. So we'll start using that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You became uh, one of the most downloaded artists on mp3.com eventually. Um, and that also opened up quite a few doors for you as far as other projects besides your albums. Do you want to mention a couple of those, uh, you know, like the Weather Channel, TV and Films? I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, what was great about uh, mp3.com and getting some exposure on that site was that it opened my music up uh, to a lot of folks that are not just people who listen to music, but who actually work in, in companies, production houses, different places that that license music right. for, for different things, that hire composers for different things. And so getting exposure there kind of like put me in, in the sights of some of those folks as well. And uh, through some friends and all kinds of other things, I've just uh, been able to get my music in, into a lot of different 
uh, places. Uh, I think uh, something kind of cool. Uh, recently, we did a. Uh, I licensed the song into this uh, Sony Pictures film. Uh, it's called Into the Sun with Steven Seagal. Right. And that was kind of cool because, like, as a kid, I remember me and my dad always watched his movies. It was like <laughs> when Steven Seagal came out with a new one, we were like at Blockbuster, like in line, making sure we had a copy of that. Yeah. So it was it was almost kind of unbelievable uh, just to kind of see that happen uh, because the same same exact thing happened my dad ran down to a blockbuster and grabbed the movie it's a must have you know who's he going to tear up next you know and uh, so that was something kind of uh, neat that we've done let me see some other things I, I don't have my one sheet right in front of me uh, yeah you can hear my music uh, a lot on the weather channel uh, when you get like your local on the eights, uh, your weather from time to time. I've been fortunate that they've supported my music there, and I also uh, compose the theme song to Storm Stories, which is like this entertainment uh, series that they have on the Weather Channel. Awesome. Uh, which is kind of neat. It's a really great show, uh, and I'm not just saying that. Like, it's a really, really, really good show. It's very interesting. So I highly recommend it. I think it's like it comes on like eight o'clock. I think Eastern time, and it comes on again like a few hours after that but anyways it's a great show cool uh and so just things like that you know i just kind of try to do as much as i can you know hey multiple streams of income baby you know uh, <laughs> well it's you know it's just it's just like as a musician you know it's uh, that's what you've got to do you know at least i have to do at this point right now is just try to uh, get exposure any way that i can get the name out there any way that i can and do as much work as possible Everlasting hits retail tomorrow, August 8th. Man, I, I, I had the privilege, thanks to you and Neurodist, to, to listen to a preview copy of this, and it is amazing. It's uh, the next step in your, your sound's evolution, especially because you added live instrumentation. Let's talk about that for a little bit. What kind of a process did you go through creating this this latest album? Well, uh, first off, let me say thanks for, uh, for your kind words there. Yeah, I appreciate that. This record is exciting for a couple of different reasons. One of the reasons, just from a, a technical standpoint, I got to have the opportunity to have uh, someone that I had dreamed about uh, having mastered this record, Emily Lazar, in New York City. She works at The Lodge. And it was interesting because I had, I had heard of her for years, uh, and I had, you know, I it's just part of the industry you keep up with like you know kind of who's the a-list and what's going on and she mastered this record and that was just like wow so that i'm excited about that i think uh from a, a pure technical standpoint, this has to be the best uh, sonic quality uh, mm -hmm. of any of my records. And uh, let's see, some of the live players, uh, we have Dan Lutz, who is a good friend of mine out here in Los Angeles. He is a, a big session guy, uh, does a lot of studio projects. Uh, most recently, he was on, uh, I think it's the Elizabeth Scott track on Chronicles of Narnia, the soundtrack. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. So he's an excellent, excellent player. Uh, he plays on one of the tracks. Another friend of mine, Steve Gregory, who is a, a really, really, really gifted guitarist out here in Los Angeles plays on that as well and then the rest is me <laughs> <laughs> it's all you huh almost that's 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 great I was going to ask you if you did a lot of the live instrumentation yourself I did there's a lot of live guitar on there there's live drums there's live percussion you know I, I pretty much uh 
<laughs> just kind of like a maniac. I run around the studio just picking up everything, you know? <laughs> just like, oh, that looks fun, you know? That's right. Uh, now, when you were composing uh, the music for this album, did you follow a certain pattern or did you play it by ear? Did you did you know what you wanted it to sound like before you began? Actually, like, that's a very good question. And, and to answer that, really the way it starts, at the end of one record, by the time I get to the end of, let's say, From the Sky, I'm starting to go into a new direction it just it's nothing that i plan to do it's just uh i I think just to keep things fresh for myself by the time i'm towards the end of one album things start to kind of change so what i like to do is towards the end of you know the previous album i kind of carry that over into the beginning of the next album not necessarily will be like track number one but just that kind of writing wherever i'm at with that and really by about like Halfway through the record, I am able to go, okay, I think this is kind of where I'm trying to go right now. And then the second half of the record kind of finishes that story. Did you find that this album, compared to your previous albums, followed a different process? Or like you just explained what you normally do, but with the live instrumentation, was it a different kind of a monster to put together? No, because I tackle each piece per composition. I tackle each song on a, on a song-by-song basis. I, I'm, I'm still learning myself as far as, like, about, you know, everything about this music thing. So it's like, as I go, I, I try to learn something new with each piece, make it a learning experience for myself, both from a creative side and a technical perspective. With this uh, record here, really uh, no difference in, in, the, in the process. Just, uh, you know, when it came time to do live instrumentation, you know, I did it. And a lot of times, too, I, I want to clarify this too like with electronic music I think sometimes people kind of think that that's more of a programmed type of music versus an actual played type of music and even on my previous records I've used a lot of electronic instruments keyboards samplers things like that it's still played live for the most part. There's really minimal actual like programming uh, that goes into any of this. Like for instance, if I'm going to play an electronic drum kit or let's say a sample kit that I'm going to dial up on a program such as like Reason, which is a great program, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to pull that program up and I'm not going to actually like take the mouse and like program on beat two and beat four this particular sound is the backbeat. I actually grab the keyboard that's in front of me and actually play it live through the wow. So Right. So it's, it's very, like, I would say, like, not even 5% of my music is programmed at all. It's triggered uh, either through a keyboard. I use uh, Roland V-drums, not, not really the sounds out of the V-drums, but I use them as a MIDI controller. So I'm able to dial in, say, a, 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 a sample drum kit in Reason, and then I'll actually play that kit back off of a V-drum kit. And nowadays, you know, like, with, uh, with computers where we are, uh, as far as being able to have the software synthesizers and the virtual samplers and things like that, really the computer is, at least in my studio, it's, it's, a, it's, it's almost like it's just taken over where, say, like the Akai S5000 would have been a few years ago for people. So you would go to a live venue, you'd, you'd see the keyboardist actually playing live, but he would be playing samples triggered off of like a, an Akai or, or some other kind of sampler. Right. So, yeah, exactly. I, I, I am glad that, you know, we, we touched on that because, for instance, this is crazy. I, uh, I have a Pearl uh, Masters kit that stays mic'd in the studio, but I sampled it a long time ago. <laughs> so sometimes I'll actually dial up my Pearl Masters kit 
in reason and play it off of the V-drums. And, and that's because I can manipulate those sounds with some of the effects and the different things that you know you have inside of say Reason or in Mach 5 or some of the other programs like that. Right. So really to take it to the next level, which is where I'm trying to go with it, is to be both creatively from a performance perspective, but to also be creative from a design of the sound perspective. take you to go from start to finish with Everlasting? I'm going to say a year, but there was actually a period of about four months that were super concentrated. So like, for instance, like uh, the song Dedicated was uh, was composed or was actually like 95% completed probably about a year before the very last piece that I did for this record, which was Sing to You. So the whole thing was about a year, but there was this like period of about four months where I just really was like really, really, really hardcore uh, working on this thing. So we'll right. say a year, but probably it's less than a year if we were to really like, you know, do the math. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, people don't realize how hard you guys really work because sometimes, you know, you'll sit there and go, well, when's the next album coming out? You know, they can just crank it out and throw it out. <laughs> but they don't realize some of these take, you know, a year, two years, even longer. Yeah, so. it, it is. It, it's true. Like, Theo uh, made the comment one time uh, that, you know, you have your whole life to put together your first record. And, you know, so you can take your time. And But then after your first record, it's like you have less than a year right. sometimes to <laughs> stay on that schedule and to, and to, uh, and to do it. But I, uh, I really enjoy, uh, I really enjoy staying uh, in a composing uh, season, so to speak. Right. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's a part of me. It's a part of me like uh, probably like some people, you know, would not feel right unless they, you know, did their exercise or their workout or whatever it is. Composing for me is like that. So it's something that uh, as often as I can, even if it's not daily, but as often as I can, I like to at least sit down and compose, whether it's something that I use or I don't, just to stay in that season. Right, that's a good idea. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any artists who have inspired you through your career? Oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> too many to even uh, begin to mention. So I'll just mention like a couple of the ones that are just huge, huge influences. Uh, Pat Metheny is probably uh, the single most influential uh, composer, artist, musician that I have listened to. His work uh, inspires me both because it is technically challenging from, from the musical perspective, but it's also something that someone who's a non-musician can listen to and can hum back. Right. And, right. and I think in, in the end, uh, music is a form of communication, at least in my opinion. So in the end, for me, it's all about communicating an emotion, hopefully bringing someone to a place that is better than maybe where they were before they started listening. So basically, there's all of the technical things, but at the end of the day, it really does boil down to just the message uh, and the emotion felt in the music. So I think Messini is a master of doing this. Um, and when I, when I speak of Messini, I'm mostly speaking of his work with the Pat Messini group, which would be, uh, which would be 
very different from, say, his work with his trio, which is more of a, a jazz, or like a purist jazz right. kind of thing. So him, uh, BT, uh, is a huge uh, influence uh, because uh, of his uh, ability to just be like the maddest scientist in the studio. Unbelievable <laughs> things that this guy can do. And uh, he, he was really one of those guys that when I listened to him for the first time, I went, whoa, it was like opening up. There's a whole other level of this music thing that you, you need to climb to, you know? Right, right. So he's just crazy awesome. Um, let me see. I mean, it just can go on and on and on. You can go into classical music from my, my early violin uh, days. Just, I mean, just on and on and on. I mean, I love all kinds of music. Uh, I find something uh, that I can learn and take from in all genres, everything. And so, and in th- in this thing that I do, you know, this sound that I do now is just kind of, I think, one part of where, uh, of my story. Uh, there's some other things that I uh, am working on and, and in their due time will share. And, uh, and this is just one, one aspect of, of my, uh, I guess, musicianship or whatever you want to call it. But my primary goal is to be a communicator and is to, as I said, hopefully just bring the listener uh, to a place that's better than where they were before they listened. Um, as long as uh, the feedback says that, that we're on that track, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've gotten, obviously, great feedback from your listeners and fans, haven't you? There, there have been some really uh, special folks who have, uh, they've written me and they've really let me know that, it, you know, it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, is music sometimes can take on something far bigger and greater than what you could have uh, ever even imagined it was going to be. And, and, and these few special people that I'm talking about, they've talked about how this music has helped them through some challenges in life. It's provided them inspiration to do things that they didn't have the courage to do. And these are things that have nothing to do with, like, music. And it has everything to do with about, you know, uh, with about the emotion and the, what, what I'm communicating, uh, what's coming across in this music. And to tell you the truth, uh, it's not me. I have no idea how this stuff could resonate with folks uh, like this, but I see myself as basically just uh, a steward of some kind of gift. <laughs> amazing. That, that, that's true, and it's amazing that, that that can happen with music. Music becomes such a soundtrack for people's lives, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether vocal or instrumental, but I think instrumental has a much better uh, chance at doing that just because mm-hmm. each person takes the instrumental track differently and applies it differently to their own situation sometimes, you know? Yeah, that's, that's very good. And I, I completely agree with that because it's, if you have a song that has lyrics to it, you're kind of telling the person what the song is about and you're conveying a message specifically, whereas instrumental music that has a strong melodic foundation to it really allows the, the listener to kind of paint their own picture as to what it's going to be to them and what it's going to mean to them. And, uh, and I absolutely agree with that, which is why I'm such, such a big fan of instrumental music, because it's absolutely done that in my life as well. you've worked on is there mm-hmm. an album or a song that stands out as, as a favorite of yours oh wow 
You know, each each song really, I mean, this is nothing new. A, a lot of guys will say the same thing. You know, each song is like, it's like a child or something. You know, each right. one of them, each, each one of them was kind of, you know, you gave birth to it in, a, in some kind of unique way because, you know, no two really start or come out the same. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say they're all my favorite because they're, they're not. Uh, but, I mean, there are, uh, it, it would be hard to pick like one or two to say those are my absolute favorite because, and not, not even to sound cheesy, but like the song that I'll compose and finish next will be my favorite. It's just the way it always is. It's just because I'm constantly pushing myself to grow. Uh, I have a long way to go as far as with, with learning and growing both as a musician and as a producer, as an engineer. I have such a long way to go. So what's most exciting to me is to continue to put one foot in front of the next and just to stay on that path, to stay focused, to stay dedicated to the sound, to stay dedicated to the genre, to want to try to bring something to this. At the end of the day, I want to leave something. And so I strive to get that, each one. So really the next one will be my favorite. And the last one that I just finished would be my favorite. Not to be too vague, but that's really the honest answer. Right. Well, the music actually becomes a, a nice, uh, uh, I guess uh, I guess it's a musical journal of your personal evolution mm-hmm. as far as your, your musical skills and qualities and, and what you're, you're feeling at the time you compose these, right? Exactly. And, you know, next year or the year after that, as time goes on, as long as you continue to strive to learn and get better, you know, you're going to develop into new, you're just going to pick up new tricks. You're going to pick up new techniques and, and, you know, you focus on different things and that's why each one kind of, kind of gets better and better and better because you're just, you're working at making it better, so to speak. So not trying to stay, like, I I really appreciate you're noticing, you know, uh, how this record has kind of grown into, you know, another kind of thing because that's exactly what my intention is is to not do something that becomes redundant but to continue to push it at least in my own little catalog right, right. you know, <laughs> you know? Sur- surprise the listeners once in a while and it's it, it really works well Any other projects that you're working on for the future that you would like to share with us? I know there's a lot of secret stuff going on, but uh, anything that you've got coming down the pipe later after Everlasting uh, is out for a while that you want to share? Actually, like at this time, uh, it's really like uh, just more of what I'm doing is what I'm working on. And as I get a collection of that together, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll present it. Uh, one thing that I, I would like to touch on, which is exciting, is that I've made some of the older songs from those uh, golden mp3.com days. I've made those available again, and those are available in a compilation that I put together called Selected Works. And there's a volume one and a volume two, and I think it's close to about 30 songs. Uh, but these songs were done, you know, several years ago. They were they were available as downloads on mp3.com, and there there are a lot of the songs that really kind of kickstarted this whole thing with me. Right. And they a lot of them have been and are actually still currently played on uh, 
you know, places like the Weather Channel and places like uh, Music Choice and, you know, a lot of the different places that broadcast some of my music. Some of it is, like, in restaurants and things like that. But right. to make a long story short, uh, a lot of folks had asked about this music for a long, long, long time. And so uh, I'm excited that I finally was able to figure out how I wanted to do this thing and make them available. So it's called Selected Works. Um, you can find it on Amazon.com. You can order it directly from my website. You can order it as just downloads uh, and things like that. So that and the new album, Everlasting, is uh, right. what I'm most pumped about. And I do, I do vouch for Selected Works, by the way. I picked that up off your website, uh, the expanded edition, I guess, a couple months ago. And it's, oh, it's great you. to hear some of that old stuff again. So uh, definitely pick that up, folks, if you get a chance. And, of course, Everlasting, available, I assume, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, uh, as far as I know. <laughs> okay. And your website is ryanfarish.com. Folks, get over there and check it out. There's uh, a lot of great music samples and a lot more information about Ryan if you're looking for that. And, uh, Ryan, it's been a complete honor and a, and a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Likewise, man, likewise. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this stuff and to, to talk to me. And I appreciate the support, Pete. So thank you very, very much. I'm Pete Havey. That's our interview with Ryan Farish for this episode. Be sure to pick up Ryan's new CD, Everlasting, available everywhere right now. Here's a preview track from that CD for you. This one's called Wildflower.
You're listening to Escapes. That was Ryan Farish with the track Wildflower from his new CD, Everlasting. For more music from Ryan, be sure to listen to mysticsoundscapes.com and visit Ryan's website at ryanfarish.com for more information. Here's our latest website news. On mysticsoundscapes.com, we're celebrating our second anniversary with CD and merchandise giveaways. It's free to register on our website. We're choosing a winner a day all week long, August 14th through 18th. And here's an extra chance for you to win right now. Up for grabs, Ryan Farish's new CD, Everlasting, personally autographed by Ryan himself. And here's how you can win. During our interview with Ryan in this show, we discussed the term New Age music and talked about how it really isn't a good term to describe the instrumental music that's being created today. So I asked Ryan how he would describe the music that he creates. What term did he use? Email your answer along with your full name to contests at mysticsoundscapes.com. The first person who answers correctly walks away with an autographed copy of Ryan's new CD, Everlasting. We'll use the timestamp on arriving email to determine the winner. The first email that arrives with the correct answer will win, and the winner's name will be posted on our contest page at mysticsoundscapes.com. So good luck. That's it for Escapes number 12. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any comments or suggestions on how we can improve the show for you, please let us know by phone at 206-600-6282 or email at podcast at mysticsoundscapes.com. Our next show airs during the last week of August and features an interview with Soulwire's Ken Hill. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. For Escapes, I'm Pete Havey.